Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is going through some mighty rough country, so we had some beans. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends when there's not a pandemic or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. <laughs> Patrons get those perks. Whoa. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and at my at last my podcast arm is complete again. It's Andrew Ormsby. <laughs> Ahoy. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of upset that you didn't reference the badges quote there. <laughs> podcasts? We don't need no stinking need podcasts. No podcasts. Yeah. Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, and this week we've got another sift shame. We're going to be catching up yeah. on some movies that we have not seen before. Um, and uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a good time. I, I really enjoyed the uh, the choral, you know, uh, monastery monk uh, singing, Andrew. I thought that was really oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> what what's yep. the, what's the name on that filter? Oh, it's a cathedral monk. Well, there you go. See, close enough. So there you go. Exactly what I thought it was. Uh, how you doing, man? You having a good week? Oh, oh yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Just uh, staying busy. And uh, <laughs> I texted you earlier today. I'm like, hey, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, Aaron. If you want to record around eight a.m., I'm <laughs> up for some reason. Why were you up but so no, early? I have no idea. I just uh, I went to bed early, and then I woke up early it was a weird feeling <laughs> i did this thing where i i went to bed at, at, at night and woke up in the morning it was very strange very very strange I know. normally i go to bed when the sun is coming up yeah so to yeah. go to sleep when it's dark and not have to wear a night mask it's very weird you're just you know you're just getting old that's what it is we're just getting old andrew you're just falling, uh, falling yeah. into the 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 time of of just sleeping during the night instead of staying up all hours it happens is that what happens when you get old you just slowly fall asleep earlier and earlier oh you have no idea and, to, <laughs> and then you wake up one morning and you're like hmm let's go to the country kitchen buffet yep you got it man you're yep you no, no oh sorry around here it's a let's go to village inn right yes yeah it'll happen to you it will happen to you uh just oh. wait just you wait and see 
<laughs> oh, joy. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about, uh, let's see, uh, you knocked off Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, so we'll talk about that. And uh, I knocked off the Treasure of Sierra Madre, uh, so we'll talk about that. And then, of course, we'll do some Buried Treasure uh, as well. And pick our uh, next Sif Shames as we can kind of continue in this process throughout uh, this pandemic, which... You know, I mean, there's not a lot new to say about it. We're all still dealing with it and trying to figure out, you know, what facts are real and what is politicized. And, you know, it's just it's man, what a weird time to live. It is it is definitely strange. Yeah. And uh, even beyond the pandemic, you know, everything that's going on out there is like it feels like the world's on fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you want to go even further, you're right. Uh, as we are recording this, you're just coming out of uh, lots of riots and those kind of things. And um, I should I should say coming out of I I mean it continues to go on uh, as a response yeah. to um, yet another incident of police brutality resulting in a person of color's death. And it is it, it's it's a the thing for me is I. I don't want to stay silent about this kind of stuff. I want to be an appropriate role as someone who is certainly in a place of privilege, not a person of color, doesn't face this when I go out in my day-to-day life. Uh, It is not something I worry about. And I feel helpless at the same time because I don't know what to say or what to do. And everything is so, again, overly politicized. Um, and so sometimes I think the best for me is to continue to have those hard conversations with the people in my life and around me and just say, you know, and correct, uh, just those weird, subtle racism things that happen, um, where it's like, you know, all of a sudden the focus becomes on, uh, how awful the people who are rioting and looting are instead of maintaining the focus on, well, you know, what led to that. Uh, and what is the what is the real at the heart of the the racial issue in the country? Like having those conversations with the people around me is probably where I'm going to stick. And publicly, uh, it's not like I'm I'm afraid to say anything. It's just that I'm not sure how easy it is to make an impact publicly when everything is so overly politicized and divided in one way or another. Does that make sense to say it that 100%. way? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it, again. Um, yeah, I and you I gotta hurt. level with the fact that maybe not all platforms are one that uh, you should discuss such things right. on, you know, in yeah. depth. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. There's there's a time and place, and I think I'm picking my time and places with those closest to me, face to face, personal conversations, um, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, th- yeah, this it's it's I hurt. You know that I think if I were to sum it up, that's that's what it is. I I, I yeah. really hurt so much for so many people and. Um, and that's and that's tough. It's also human, and it's also um, a process of living in a culture with so many different people. And it's it's just we're we're gonna go through these kind of things, and I hate it, and it hurts, and uh, and that's why we will continue to try to offer a place where you can not think about that for about an hour and think about pop culture and have a good time together. And that's that's why we'll continue to do this. Uh, in this way, so. But I'm I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm I'm glad you kind of yeah. went there even beyond the pandemic because you're right. There's just a lot going on right now uh, that is very 
feels very unrest. You know, there's a lot of unrest, and, and that's putting it mildly. So let's get yeah. into it, though. Uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, these are a couple movies that, whether we like them or not, are going to be very interesting to talk about. Uh, and so I'm mm. I'm excited to get into them. Um, and I, I should mention as well uh, that they are very different movies. I was racking my brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, okay, what's the connecting point? Of the treasure long titles, <laughs> yes, that works. Yeah, long titled movies: The Treasure of Sierra Madre and Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Um, let's kick it off with uh, The Treasure of Sierra Madre, shall we? Let's do it. Up into the forbidding majesty of the Great Madre Range go men. Their pasts buried in silent secrecy. Their futures hidden in the mystery of adventure. Men drawn together in their search for gold. Dog, soldier of fortune. Howard, the old-timer, Curtin, the youngster, and Cody, the intruder. These are the men who tried to tap the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Men with an oath on their lips and muscles in their arms, but men with greed in their hearts. In this classic adventure film, two rough-and-tumble wanderers, Dobbs and Curtin, meet up with a veteran prospector, Howard, in Mexico and head into the Sierra Madre Mountains to find gold. Although they discover treasure, they also find plenty of trouble, not only from ruthless bandits lurking in the dangerous Mexican wilderness, but from their own insecurities and greed, which threaten to bring conflict at any moment. Uh, this is uh, a Western, um, but not... I, I wouldn't it's a different kind of western in some ways because it's you know it's a gold rush western as opposed to like you know cowboys and that kind of stuff yeah it's western. not a spaghetti western where you know right. outlaws and bandit well they're bandits but you know what I mean yes like, yeah a guy doesn't roll into town you know the silent man with no name you know going off of what was a cliche mm-hmm yeah. Uh, John Houston uh, wrote the screenplay and directed it. It came out in 1948. So we're, you know, just over 70 years uh, that this is uh, since this has been released. 70 years. Uh, that is a long time ago. And yet uh, the movie has held up and is beloved by many as one of the greatest films of all time. So I'm glad to be able to check it off my list. And I guess it falls on me then to start us off with. My excuses uh, for never having seen this movie. And uh, here's this one may hurt you a little bit, Andrew. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I just I'm just not motivated to see Westerns like it's just not like of the genres that I've missed over time. You know, I love going back and watching old musicals. I'll go back and watch, you know, old dramas, comedies. But Westerns, for whatever reason, just have never appealed to me. Um, and so the treasure of Sierra Madre and many other classic Westerns. I've just never taken time to go back and see. Well, I guess this is my perfect opportunity to force you to see <laughs> said Westerns. That's right. That's, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and you did. And you did. Um, so what is your excuse for not seeing this movie? Besides the fact that you just, uh, the Western genre doesn't appeal to you. I mean, that's pretty much it. That's, that's pretty mm -hmm. much it. I just, you know, I, if I'm looking at a list of, stuff i'm i'm going to you know catch up on it's just it's not high on that list and so it just it keeps you know getting pushed back um mm. so yeah that's that's my simple excuse uh for that uh when was the first time you saw this movie oh i was uh very young probably too young to 
to truly appreciate what I what is going on in this movie. Uh, I've seen it many, many times since then, but I, I remember it being on uh, just a Turner Classic, uh, just watching it with my grandparents. And uh, yeah, I didn't uh, appreciate, I know I'm already getting into like specifics for the movie and stuff, but I didn't appreciate like the... Uh, like the the dragon sickness that like with Dobbs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or uh, the amazing performances and stuff like that, or even the uh, the subtleties and things that I think were that made this movie ahead of its time, even for a movie that came out in 1948. But uh, as I grew and rewatched it over and over again, uh, I I really appreciate this movie a lot. When's the most recent time you've watched it? Actually, it was a couple weeks ago, and it was the reason why I uh, picked it for you, because okay. uh, um, I was going through your list, uh, and I didn't pick it the week that uh, <clears throat> I saw it, but I was like, oh, Treasure Sierra Madre, I love that movie, I should watch that again. So I did watch it again, and then I'm like, oh yeah, Aaron needs to see this one. So <laughs> that, that's my uh, reasoning for uh both you and me rewatching it recently. Nice, nice. Well, as far as uh, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay, I am firmly in the loved it category. This is a great movie. This, it's just, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's really I, the only con I have, and I'll just start here so we can talk about all the um, the amazing stuff. As I think, the only place it really shows its age is in the pacing, and it takes a long, it takes longer than modern movies do to set up. Uh, some of the character work and some of the, mm. you know, ideas of who these people are. Um, you know, a modern movie is going to get into the crux of the story a lot quicker. And I, and I think that's, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy when a movie doesn't dilly dally around at the same time, there is benefit to knowing those things. There is benefit to living that life. And in the, in the movies that are done really well, you don't begrudge them that. And I think this is one of those movies. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't begrudge it those first 15 minutes that, you know, Humphrey Bogart is asking the same person, you know, to give him money and then just wasting that money. And we're just kind of getting a sense yeah. of his character early on that's going to come play, come into play later. Um, so, yeah, it's it's doing it's doing work um, for the story. But in a modern movie, if you're used to how modern movies jump into stories, it might feel a little bit like, can we just can we get moving now? Um, that's really yeah. the really only the only negative uh, in the whole thing for me. Uh, also, just in case you didn't know, the guy that he keeps running into in the white suit that he asked for money is John Houston. Yeah, that's John Houston. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I I did after the fact when I was looking at some research and some different things. See that? Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I was. It's one of those. Uh, like, oh yeah, this maybe like I know this is before Hitchcock even, but uh, I love I love whenever uh directors would kind of sneak themselves into movies, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, it's nineteen forty eight. A Hitchcock's career spanned both sides of that pretty extensively, so it wasn't technically before Hitchcock, but it was. It was definitely kind of right when he was doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, as far as some specifics, uh, you mentioned the performances. I really fell in love with Tim Holt uh, as Curtin. Oh, he's so good. He's my favorite in the movie. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and not not a name I know. You know, it's not a name I came in going, uh, you know, I, I know that actor or anything like that. But I just, he's so great in this movie. And I, it's my own predisposition towards movie stars that I thought Humphrey Bogart was going to be like, the good guy and the the stand up guy and that kind of thing, 
but it's not. It's it's the Tim Holt Curtin character, and uh, in the Howard character is you know a little more eccentric version of that that character as well. Um, and I, I love that too. But yeah, I, he was my favorite. Uh, that's not to take away from the amazing performance by Humphrey Bogart. No, 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 he's great. Uh, I, I know we say this every week, but just in case for people who are just popping in, since these movies are older, we don't shy away from talking about spoilers yes, for the movies. So uh, seeing Humphrey Bogart's transition from somebody at the beginning of this movie saying like, oh, the uh, the gold sickness would never take me. Once I got whatever I wanted, I would leave, you know, and I would just mm-hmm. go and live my life. Even then in the beginning... Uh, I think his performance is so good and I'm like I think he is telling he's trying to convince himself of this because I even I don't believe him but I think he's trying to convince himself. Uh and you can see towards the end of this movie whenever he just fully succumbs to the madness that uh he is just he, uh unredeemable I don't know if is the right word but it's it's pretty close like I you don't feel like this guy can come back from what he's uh, turned into, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the movie does a good job of, of humanizing him throughout. He, you like, it's not as if he is just a greedy, awful person. It's it's that his character has tendencies towards, uh, you know, the ease of money, the, um, the use of money, the, uh, you know, the idea of being rich, you know, like you get these ideas of his character points without it saying he's a bad person necessarily. And so it's it it, it really, to me, did a great job with that character because I was very much invested in, is he going to be able to pull through this? Is he going to find uh, a way out of this greed and what it's doing to him? And, you know, when they turn over the rock and there is a Gila monster under there. You know, that almost could have been a turning point. And it was a a small turning point where he was able to go, okay, they're not out to get me. But it just it just it lingered there and it crept back in. And, uh, you know, take. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I I, yeah, I think that's really well done and well presented. Yeah. Uh, So what are some other things that really took you by surprise in this? I really loved how the movie was unflinching with its message and the idea of greed and the idea of, because the Howard character gives that speech that you're talking about early on and you can just tell his wisdom, like that character, the wisdom is kind of the, the key point of it. And it's just like, he's eccentric and a little bit strange, but he's speaking the truth and Money, you would think, oh, it'd be enough for me, and it just it eats at people, and they want more, and then the the paranoia sets in, and the movie did such a great job with backing that up with its choices. Uh, the um, Cody character uh, that came in that yeah. you know, wanted to be a, f- a fourth, and it was one of my favorite scenes was him explaining the three options that they had, and just kind of leaving it to them. And then he ends up getting killed by the uh, the bandits, uh, yep. and uh, and that's a moment where you know they they set him up with the you know the wife and the kids and the stuff. Oh, it's heart it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It, it really is. It humanized the, him. In 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 the movie follows through with it too. In the fact that 
you know, there's a hint that the the Tim Holt character is you know going to go there and at least tell her what happened and maybe help out and maybe there's even a slight suggestion that you know maybe he'll go and you know be the new man of the house kind of thing for that family but it's but the fact that none of that gold ever gets back to her even after they they talk about giving 25 percent of their cut to her um that's 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 a that's a tough a tough take you know like as the movie watcher i'm like you know after you read that, you're like, well, at least some of the gold's going to get back to her. Like, in my mind, yeah. this movie wraps up with them finding one bag of gold and then taking it back to her and being like, you know, this is for you. We don't need it kind of thing. But and it's nope. just like, no, no. The movie has the strength of its convictions to say greed destroys everything. And, yeah. you know, that that scene where they're they're laughing at the end. And <laughs> yeah. it's just there's just there, there's a real beauty there of understanding what's important and what's not. And I, I don't know. It was just, uh, yeah, it's just moment, uh, moment after moment, the story says, yeah, you thought there was an out here. Nope. Nope. It's going to be bad. The gold, the gold is out of the bags and blowing around the, the desert, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So I like that. And he even talks about it being a North wind. So it just blew right back to the mountain. So. Yep. Yeah. I was going to ask you what you thought about the ending and, uh, it being a bold choice to where nobody gets the gold and stuff like that. But yeah. No, I think it's the only ending that the only, it's the strongest ending. Let's put it that way. It's the strongest ending the movie could have, uh, to, to bring home what it, what it seemed to be trying to say the whole movie. So yeah. Yeah. Another thing I love about this movie, and this is what I was talking about for a movie being ahead of its time in my mind, is the fact that this movie can be multi multilingual and I can understand everything that's going on in Spanish just by context without mm-hmm. needing the subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I liked that too. And and you do realize once they start speaking Spanish, how dependent we have become on subtitles to pop up anytime it's a different language. Yeah. And then within a few seconds, you're like, no, 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 I, I get what's going on here. I, I understand. And Yeah, uh, there's a whole scene at the end when uh, Gold Hat and his crew bring the the burrows back into town and they're talking and stuff. But then you see the kid looking at the brands on mm-hmm. the mules and stuff. And you're like, I, I know what's going on. I know exactly what's going on and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't need the subtitles. I, that's one of my favorite things about this movie. Yeah. I, that's a good call. I, I really like that too. And there's another part of it that makes it just feel so much more uh, authentic too. Because mm-hmm. it's it's as if you were standing there watching it. If I was standing there watching it, I wouldn't have subtitles, you know? Yeah, you'd be the uh the Howard or not the Howard, but the uh the Humphrey character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I, I, I really uh I really like that too. I think that's a good call. And just in case you didn't know, uh in Spanish, Tiger, El Tigre, it just means big cat. So every single time they're talking about oh, there being a tiger, they're talking about big cats like mountain lions. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know sense. you've probably figured it out, but just in case there's people who, whenever they hear about this and then they go and watch, they're like, there are no tigers in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> just means big cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really, I like I said, I love I loved this movie. Um, I, I really love the character touches on it. I keep thinking about the Dobbs character and just how many times... 
the movie slightly subtly says his character just isn't focused on the right things. And I think yeah. of the train, the attempted train robbery afterwards where he's like, I shot three of them. How many did you shoot? And, you know, huh, yeah. I got one more than you, buddy. Oh, I'd like to take another crack at him. And it's just like just those moments where it's it, it, it's not evil. It's just that character obviously cares and prioritizes things that are showy and it's i i just think it's subtly done and, and beautifully done and and it's good it's really good work both in the performance and in the writing i think yeah uh yeah it's like i said it's one of my favorite movies ever i'm so glad that you finally got to watch it yeah yeah uh any other thoughts uh no post-credit scene <laughs> did you stay to the end andrew did you stay to the well, end? well it's kind of like with um, Double Indemnity, the fact that they kind of do all the, uh, the those older movies do all the credits. Yeah, up they front. do. So a prose credit scene would just be the next scene. That's right. <laughs> the final scene is every scene is a post credit scene. That's what you should say. Yeah. The, mo- the movie scene. is one long post credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. That's, so yes, there is a post credit scene, and it's, it is long. It it's is, like two hours. It is the whole movie. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right, I'm I'm very thankful uh, that you had me see that one. Um, so now we'll move on and see if you are thankful that I had you watch this one. Let's talk about Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. This is the tale of an ordinary man who had everything. Oh, guys, name. Benjamin Barker. Until a man of power stole his freedom, destroyed his family, and banished him. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. For life. And in his sorrow, a new man was born. Fifteen years dreaming, I might come home to a wife and child. Evil Judge Turpin lusts for the beautiful wife of a London barber and transports him to Australia for a crime he did not commit. Returning after 15 years and calling himself Sweeney Todd, the now madman vows revenge, applying his razor to unlucky customers and shuttling the bodies down to Mrs. Lovett, who uses them in her meat pie shop. Though many fall to his blade, he will not be satisfied until he slits Turpin's throat. Uh, Sweeney Todd is, I think it's a Sondheim musical, uh, I believe, and, uh, has been around a while, but this is the one with, uh, the, the cast is Johnny Depp and, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman is Judge Turpin, um, and came out in 2007, so just over a decade ago. Um, and it's pretty well respected and well liked by critics and audiences. Um, but what did you think? Did you, uh, well, first of all, before we go there, uh, why have you never seen Sweeney Todd? I don't like Tim Burton movies, which I, I gotta stop saying that now that I think about it because I like Batman, I like Big Fish. Uh, he has movies, but he, that I do like, but he also has a style, you know, as many directors do. And it's just, I can't really buy into his style. I will say before we even get into the review that his uh, gothic kind of tone that he has for all of his movies does fit well in this, you know, era of like this 
London turn of the century, you know? So it does fit in well there. Uh, another reason why I haven't seen this movie is I'm not a fan of musicals like you. So it's it was a... It had a lot of stuff going against it, and yeah. why I just kept put, putting it off. No, I, that's what I was thinking when I recommended this one, is the next one was like, it's the one-two punch of Tim Burton and musicals, uh, and uh, and that it's not probably one you would ever seek out on your own. Um, yeah. It is a musical horror, which is a very uncommon genre combination yeah. uh, it is definitely a horror movie i guess we can say that right off right off the top there's buckets of blood in this thing and you know lots of gross effects um and lots of singing while the buckets of blood are happening uh well let, <laughs> let's get to it what did you think did you like it love it dislike it hated it, or it was just okay i want to preface by going into this by saying that i don't go into these movies wanting to hate them you know, so it's not like I just so people whenever they hear my review, I'm not saying that I hated this movie, but I don't want people to think that I go into this going, oh, it's Tim Burton and a musical. I, I, I'm just going to hate this movie. I, I like you. I got to give every single movie its fair shake. Mm-hmm. And see what comes of it. Having said that, I really don't like this movie. <laughs> not quite hated it. No, not quite hated it. Because like I said, uh, Tim Burton's tone like it always did feel a little gothic even like if you mm-hmm. look at his batman you know movie the way the uh gotham is you know portrayed does feel like a uh, it the whole city looks like a it's it was built by like, like a dark cathedral you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's just it, it's the things that i don't like in in bundles so <laughs> Uh, and honestly, as far as like a it being a Tim Burton movie, yeah, I don't like that, or a musical, yeah, I don't like that. But honestly, it's the story that I just really don't like it because I've never known the Sweeney Todd story. Yeah. Um, and so this was my first uh time going into it and seeing it, and to me, it's it's a very very bad Count of Monte Cristo. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely because, some similarities there. Yeah, because I don't see anything. There's no uh, none of the main characters in this are likable. You're not supposed to. Uh, this I don't. Is the movie supposed to make me root and cheer for Johnny Depp? No, 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 no. You're supposed to be. Our surrogates are supposed to be Anthony and jo, uh, Johanna, uh, his daughter, and the kid that came across with him. Um, yeah, but. Both of those characters have a shared screen time of fifteen minutes. Oh no, you're not wrong. No, I'm just I'm telling you who the like. Yeah, that's we're supposed to be glad that they might have a future together away from yeah. all of this uh, awfulness. What is your background with this movie? Um, I saw it when it came out um, in 2007, uh, and I am a musical person, and I don't know that I would call myself a Tim Burton person, but I don't mind his movies. Uh, I remember really enjoying the aesthetic and really enjoying the music. And I remember thinking, and I this is I agree with this to this day. Um, I remember thinking that it is about the most perfect movie for Tim Burton that I could imagine. Um, and that it really fits. The, the, I can't imagine somebody else doing this movie as well as Tim Burton could do this movie. 
Um, and so that, that, that's what I remember thinking. And I, so I remember enjoying it. Um, I rewatched it, uh, this week in preparation for this and I think I've cooled on it quite a bit. Um, I, I would probably put myself, uh, firmly in the, uh, lower liked it category still um so if it was like a medium higher liked it i've cooled down to a lower liked it maybe even just a really high it was just okay um and i think a lot of that has to do with how uh nihilistic the whole thing is and just how it just there's nothing there's nothing about it that is that brings me joy (laughs) you know exactly yeah so there is there is plenty that is to me, it's for me, it shows the power of a musical that even a movie like this that I would have no attraction to whatsoever uh, based on the horror aspects, the content, that kind of stuff, that I come away enjoying it because of the musical aspect of it um, is, I think, a testament to how much that appeals to me. And so, you know, when when he's singing... And the because I'm I'm in awe during these times of both the singing, the way the parts are playing together, the not just the musical part of it, but the textual part of it. I find really interesting when him and Alan Rickman are doing the beautiful women part at the beginning. There's there's something very transporting uh, about it. I thought Sasha Baron Cohen uh, gives a really great performance here. He may be my favorite the second time through. Um, I, I really liked that character more than oh, how he just uh, falls into the Cockney whenever he's in the uh, the barbershop with them. Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed that. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I've cooled on it for sure, but uh, but I think I'd still be in the either high, it's okay or low, uh, it's like it uh, liked it range. Uh, my biggest issue with this movie, uh. And I, I know I keep bringing up this other movie a lot, but it's a really good analogy for this. Uh, if you look at uh, a movie like There Will Be Blood, where the movie follows the villain, you know? But during that time, I understand that villain's motives. I know what drives Daniel Plainview. He is driven by greed, power, and money, you know? Watching this movie... I thought I had an understanding of what Johnny Depp was wanting. I thought that Sweeney Todd was being driven by revenge mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then he starts offing random people. Yeah. And I and as soon as that happens, all of my understanding for the character is gone because I don't know what uh, caused that transition. Like if if they would have changed it to where like this person this person and this person, which would have made it more like Count of Monte Cristo, I imagine. But uh, every single person that he would kill in his barbershop were was somebody who uh, either was the reason why Lucy was gone or the reason why he was, you know, taken away. I would understand that. Uh, but this is just... Murder? It's just murder. Yeah. And I don't understand... Uh, so I guess he kind of knew uh, Helena Bonham Carter's character before he was gone. Uh, but as soon as she's like, oh, uh, you're going to kill people? Well, let's just put them in my meat pies. And as soon as he's like, ooh, that's a good idea. Uh, the the movie is like, it. I can't. 
I can't root for these characters, and the characters I'm supposed to root for haven't been on scene for the last half hour. <laughs> so you're just leaving me with these people. Yeah, and is, I don't understand their motives. It is it is one of those movies where the list of characters by screen time and the list of characters by most despised match. <laughs> it's like Yeah. <laughs> so because honestly the the Sweeney Todd character, uh you know, the Johnny Depp character is more despicable than even the Alan Rickman character, and they're both yes, they're both supremely despicable. But it's, it's, it's yeah, it's one of those things for sure. I, I totally get what you're saying there, and it is very surreal. And again, that's why I think only Tim Burton could do this, uh, is because somehow his aesthetic sells that that sur- uh, surreality in a greater way than than a lot of directors who would maybe approach it more authentically uh, would do. And mm-hmm. it's it really is, I think, sh- supposed to show us in many ways that when revenge owns you like that and you let yourself just be gone as a human being, you, you know, you have no, no more humanity to you, that you will miss the opportunities for um, love or joy or whatever. And he ends up, you know, killing his wife without even knowing he was killing his wife. Um, oh, by and- the way... Uh- from moment one that I saw the beggar woman, I'm like, oh, that's Lucy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it, it, sure. It, it maybe it's one of those things that, uh, that maybe that ruins the surprise. I don't know. But, um, but as far as the plot goes, that's kind of the, the point of it is whether we know it or not, he doesn't and, uh, and ends up killing her. And I don't know. There's something, there's something really well done about him, you know, sitting there bleeding out, holding his wife who he killed. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like this is the end result of, you know, giving yourself to this darkness. And, yeah. uh, and that's what, you know, that's what the story's trying to say. It's just not a fun thing to, <laughs> to experience. In many ways, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, a bold choice. You know, maybe that's the common between, Sierra Madre and, and Sweeney Todd is bold ending choices uh, that drive home the point they're trying to make. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know who I would recommend this movie to, though. That's the thing. As, as, as much as it is uh, loved by, by many, and I, I say that because I, I know it has great critical ratings at the different sites, and uh, the different audience ratings are, are pretty good, too. I think it's 85 on Rotten Tomatoes, 83 on Metacritic. Um, it's one of those things that I just like, there are very few people I would go, Hey, you need to watch this. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just yeah. not, it's not that movie. It's just, no. um, I, it, to me, it's one of the better Tim, um, one of the better Tim Burton movies and one of the better Johnny Depp movies. I think Johnny Depp is great in this movie. As much as I don't like that character, I think his performance is, is pretty stellar. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a fine Johnny Depp performance. I think it he it's really leaning into his uh, eccentric and you know uh, bombastic characters that he does, mm-hmm. which is kind of something that goes hand in hand with musicals. Sometimes you, you like a, a larger than life character often lives for musicals. And I think yeah. that he's just really leaning into this. He has a good singing voice. Everybody in this has a really good singing voice. Uh, Alan Rickman's talk singing, I guess. But 
Uh, also, I the the songs I've heard better. Not there's not a single song in this that I'm gonna remember really. Maybe uh, just Joanna. I might remember that song. Yeah, but like when I think of all the great musicals uh, that I love anyway, like a Drive It Like You Stole It, you know, from uh, right or. Uh, uh, the Moulin Rouge. I, I love all the songs from that movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's just nothing from this is like, oh, that one's gonna stick with me. But uh, yeah, and, and going back to what you were saying about recommending this movie, it, I'm right there with you because uh, people who love Tim Burton movies have probably already seen it. So uh, if if you're not a Tim Burton fan, I don't know if I could recommend this to you. Yeah, especially if you're not a musical fan. Oh yeah, even that too. Yeah, I I do. I will stick up for the music a little bit. Um, I was so the thing about Sondheim is he's so clever with his lyrics and with how he's bringing things. I do find a lot of it memorable. Um, the No Place Like London song in particular. Um, you know, there's a hole in the world like a great black pit, and the vermin of the world inhabit it. Uh, and its morals aren't worth what a pig can spit. Uh, like they just, I don't know. I think Sondheim is, is, uh, is, is pretty talented and I, I do like the music in this. Mm. So, yep. Greatest movie of all time. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Uh, Aaron, is it time to pick, uh, our next Sif Shames? Sure. We can do that. Uh, let's take a look ahead. Or do, at- we, need, or do we need to give a shout out to our patrons? Um, let's pick the Sif Shames first, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, thank the uh, the members. Um, cool, cool. What are you thinking? What do you want to do? Well, uh, I already have one picked out for you. Okay. Uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember if, but I think you picked or I picked first last time, so I think you're first to go. Um, I think it's time for you to watch Monty Python's Life of Brian. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do some Python. That'll, that'll be a, that'll be a, uh, spirit lifter after, uh, some gory Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what about you? I don't know how I'm going to tie this in, but I'm just, I really want you to see this movie. So <laughs> I am going to go with Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, another Western. All yeah. right. I, I'm going to set you down a path. I'm going to make <laughs> you love Westerns, Aaron. And not to hype it up too much, but this might be my second favorite Western ever. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, well, this might be my second favorite Monty Python movie ever. So. Oh, there you go. So there you go. <laughs> second bests. Not that there's a not that there's a huge long list of Monty Python movies to choose from, but if we're going yeah. Meaning of Life or Life of Brian, I'm I'm going Life of Brian. Oh, Holy uh, Grail's not number one. No, Holy Grail's number one. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Holy Grail's number one, and then it's either like Life of Brian, Meaning of Life, and you know, it's kind of let's go Life of Brian. Uh, there like you go. That. So yeah, there's our there's our uh, quote of their second best, <laughs> second favorite of their genre, and one of the genres is Monty Python movies. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we hit our buried treasure for the week, yes, a huge thank you to our Sif Pop members. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, Andrew shared a recent revelation uh, about a new job title I have. Um, why is Andrew having revelations about my job titles? Well, you'll have to be a Sif Pop member to find out. Um, I like the way you threw revelations in there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, smart. 
Uh, so that's happening in the uh, member-only show, which is available to you as a member. Thank you so much for your membership. It really does Sif Pop, uh, keep Sif Pop going strong. We appreciate you. And uh, if you aren't a member and you want to be, it's really simple. It's three bucks a month is where it starts. There's some fun perks at the different levels, all that kind of stuff. And you can know that you're keeping Sif Pop going strong. So thank you for that. If you want to do it, you can go to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Um, and thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right, let's move on to our buried treasure. Uh, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that we want to make sure people know about? Um, I can start if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, Go for it. This is something I don't know I've ever officially done, but certainly I've talked about uh, how much I like it. And I think I may have uh, even mentioned that I'm watching it. Recently, but just an official shout out on the buried treasure to the Dick Van Dyke show, which I continue to work uh, my way through. Um, and I'm having such a good time doing that. Uh, it is just, it's all available on Hulu right now. So if, uh, if you've never seen the show before, high recommend. I will tell you the first episode on Hulu is actually the um, concept pilot and is not the same cast as the show. Uh, it's, it's a totally different cast, which was kind of more the original like intent of the, who the cast was going to be. And I have to say, I'm so glad they, uh, they recast after the pilot, um, because it's just such a better show for it. So, but it's a lot of fun. It is my favorite TV show of all time and I'm working my way through it again on Hulu. So I wanted to give it a shout out. Very nice. Very nice. What about you? I am going to go with a new Apple TV original show. It just finished wrapping up. I wanted to wait to see if it could stick to landing before I could recommend it. And it did. I am going to recommend Defending Jacob, starring Chris Evans, Michelle Dockery, and Jaden Martell. Uh, the premise of this is a, a limited series drama uh, around a character driven based on... Well, why don't you tell me what the actual story is about, you stupid synopsis? <laughs> Pretty much a, uh, uh, a uh, what seems to be a perfect family. Their son is accused of murdering one of his classmates. And uh, it's about how their lives change after being, uh, con- or not convicted, but uh, accused. Like, even, like, how the fa- the father's affected, the mom's affected, their social standing, the son, everything going through the trial and stuff like that. It kind of reminded me of that one show that had... Uh, what was his... It, it was the John Turturro show on HBO. Mm. That oh, yeah, had yeah, really yeah. good... Had really good potential at the beginning, but it just kind of faded for me. What was the name of that? It was... uh, The Night Of. The Night Of. So imagine if The Night Of stuck with the show that it started out to be. And you're like, ooh, ooh, this is gripping. I want to follow this. I got to say this, though, right up front. Michelle Dockery might be giving one of the best performances ever. It is insane how good she is. And I know you love her from Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Chris Evans... He's super good in this as well. Uh, it's it's nothing, uh, you know, mind-blowing. It, it doesn't make you think, oh, see, this guy is no longer Captain America. He's his own actor now. Nothing like that. Uh, but it is fine. or I mean, It's really good. I shouldn't say fine. It's a really good performance. 
another uh, person I want to shout out in this is one of my favorite people, an up-and-coming actor, and that's Pablo Schreiber. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. He's super good. It's uh, only eight episodes long, about an hour each, uh, and it's gripping from beginning to end. It's And a lot of that has to do with it, it being a, a fun or a gripping you know, tale, but also the performances in this are just out of this world. Very nice. Very nice. And I know uh, Jaden and Chris just worked together in Knives Out, too. So Yes, they did. Uh, so, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see them... Uh, see them together in that i've i've considered uh this one um i will have to check and see if i still have uh my uh apple press site or whatever that i can Mm -hmm. check it out on because i do not have apple tv plus uh so but yeah i've I've heard good things from a few people so one we might want to check out Uh, really really liked it uh defending jacob is the name of that show and uh, again, that's on Apple TV Plus. Well, we did it, man. We did a podcast. Yeah, we did. Woo! We uh, we brought the gold all the way back from the mountains, and we didn't need no stinking badges to do it. <laughs> no, no, we did not. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to my buddy Andrew for doing the show today. Uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil for putting it together. We love you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. Uh, we appreciate you so much at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Uh, you can leave a comment. You can rate it. Uh, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. That's a great way. Uh, if you have anything you want to ask us or tell us, email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like this show, too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than shooting a pocket watch from 100 paces. We (laughs) will be back next week. I'm thinking I like the idea of alternating between our Sif Shames and other more recent stuff, so let's talk about Space Force next week and, Uh. uh, and maybe something else as well. We'll see what pops up, but we'll see you then. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.